0: Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined today by Adrian Martini. Hello, hello. Hey. So so Adrian, last time you were on, we got so carried away talking about <laughs> Italy and gelato and pasta that I forgot to ask you about what you're knitting. So I just finished
1: the skirt that I was knitting. <gasps> Skirt. i know i know um and i suspect that it'll be cool enough to wear when i'm in new york city uh the first week in november um so people can see it then i also nice. have a picture that i'll probably send to you after this
0: oh uh, good yeah tweet it to yeah. me tweet it yeah tweet
1: yeah i will tweet it to you um i'm pretty excited about it it turned out just as i'd hoped which oh. can be
0: so weird <laughs> so almost never me. happens Tell me this, does it have, like, a liner? I mean, how is it that, you um, know, like, have bits a, of flesh don't push through?
1: Um, that was really the look I was going for. I wanted it to look like a <laughs> sausage casing and uh, bits of me kind of squeezing out. No, uh, I have a black slip that I, I pulled it on okay. over. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. And so you can um, va- you can see parts of the black... Um. um slip yeah,
1: yes. slightly it better to be safe than sorry in my oh
0: opinion. yeah no 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 so, no. Yeah. I gotta I got say you know it was so funny. I obviously stumbled over that word I couldn't even that shows you how you know you live in Portland Oregon when you don't even remember the word slip or the concept <laughs> of what a slip <laughs> is my god right
2: right yeah
1: yeah I'm just I'm old and I think you and I might be of the gen- last generation that actually knows what a slip is I that's could be true wrong that's, on. that's,
0: that's could true I I, oh my gosh. I mean, like, so I worked, you know, I've worked in an office, um, mm-hmm. in my younger years. And so I kept those slips because, you know, so I had oh, like yeah. the, the, um, one, I don't, I don't even, do you call it a one piece, you know, so that it has like a camisole attached oh, yeah. to the slip. A full and that, slip you know, had, as opposed to the half full slip. Slip. There you go. Yes. There, th- see, that's the verbiage. I knew there was verbiage. Yes. yes. So, um, so yes, I had a, you know, like a nude colored, um, uh, full slip, I had a, you know, different varying lengths because oh, yeah. back when I worked in office, you know, you wore really short skirts. So, um, yeah, and then, then I started one by one getting rid of those and finally when I was, you know, cleaning out, the, and I'm like, why am I keeping these things?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um, I actually had to order one because I no longer own a slip. So, right. yeah, I, I went on to uh, lovely Amazon and said I need a black half slip and... Uh-huh got 4 billion options in Bitcoin. So. <laughs> right, right.
0: Yeah. Right, right. But, then, but then were you kind of like, oh, well, I'm not going to get much wear out of it. Do I really need it? You know? Um, no, I mean, it was all of, I think, $8. So oh, I felt
1: okay. pretty good with... Uh, <laughs> okay.
0: You just plunked that credit card I really down. did. I really <laughs>
1: did. Yeah, you know me. Uh, just throwing the money around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no. For eight bucks, I was like, "Yeah, I can, I can make that a, oh. that sacrifice. I won't have a latte tomorrow." So very
0: good. And so yeah. then, and so the ensemble that you're going to be wearing with the skirt. Then are you going to wear like, you know, black tights and boots? Yeah,
1: and- probably black tights, and I have tall black boots. Nice. Um, yep. So probably that.
0: Mm -hmm. and they're pretty ubiquitous tall black boots Mm -hmm.
1: everybody should have tall black boots i feel that's just a thing grown-up women should have right um because it also makes you feel like you're really strong and in charge you know oh yeah oh you're bringing it when you wear the black boots you really are you really Mm -hmm. are and they click in just a satisfying kind of way Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm a big fan of the tall
0: black boots yeah and you're going to the big apple i mean come on you gotta wear them right they won't let you in Uh (laughs) true
1: (laughs) actually that's the thing that people the thing about new york is nobody cares Nobody really cares. You can wear oh. whatever you want. Not
0: oh my god! Out. I oh yeah. my gosh! So growing up outside of New York, you know, I definitely thought you had to dress a certain <laughs> way, you know, and all this stuff. And of that, of course, barring that, I did wear a darling sundress when I went in in fifth grade. And my mm-hmm. um, my best friend at the time, Kelly Belcher, and I wore matching sundresses, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and she looked infinitely cuter because, gosh, she was so beautiful. Oh. Um and uh, and such a nice person. And um, but then, so then I was an intern at Seventeen Magazine for three months. Well, that's a
1: different kind of atmosphere, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, but then, um, so I worked for um, a startup in 2000, and they had a launch party in New York City, and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do I wear, what do I wear? And... I don't know, so so I struggled a lot. I've had a lot of. I could go on and on with the number of incidents <laughs> that I've struggled, and finally, I'm like, no one cares. No, and also my attitude is is that now I'm like, yeah, I'm from Oregon. Uh huh. You want to make right. something of it? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's
1: that's the thing about New York is like if you're there for any length of time, you get so used to just tuning out everything that's going on around you just for the sheer sake of survival. Right. Um that you realize that nobody is paying that much attention. They're mm-hmm. really they've got their own stuff that they're doing. They you know
0: you right. do you. You do you. Yeah. Oh, now you're now you're quoting Sam Sanders. Uh, I know. Y D Y D Y Y D Y. Yeah. I had such a. He told, he told Ron Elving Y D Y. Yes. And Ron Elving actually knew what that meant. So. I was impressed because yeah. I didn't know what I D Y. I didn't for. either. <laughs> Oh good. Oh good. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, we are talking about the NPR politics blog. Yes. Politics podcast. 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 Yeah. Sorry about that. And uh yeah, so that was on a very recent episode and I love that I know that you love that show as much as I do. So I it's love funny that, that show. we both yeah. that, that, that stood yeah. out. So I'm glad that we could now bring Y D Y to AMR. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: So you do you. You yes. do you. <laughs>
0: Perfect.
1: Um so that's that's the knitting and I now have started a scarf with cashmere that I bought from a cashmere farm near where we were staying in Tuscany.
0: So, oh, lovely. Oh, what yes. a nice you're making your own memories. I am. I am. <laughs> um and it,
1: you know, it came from an organic cashmere goat farm. Mm, um, of course. Mm-hmm. And is just the softest thing I think I've ever touched. So. And
0: mm. what color?
1: Uh, it's not dyed so it's just kind of white goat colored
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that a, a, you know a uh, paint a benjamin moore paint it color is, or white a color. Wh- white goat <laughs> white goat <laughs> <laughs> clean white goat yeah, yeah. Right. oh my gosh hilarious yeah. so um so you know sort of alluding to traveling i just got back from the twin cities yes it looked like it was a amazing trip oh it was okay so i was really looking forward to going back to the twin cities and um i first went there it's all my travels have been because of another mother runner and i'm so grateful for those opportunities and the first time i went there Yeah, I don't know, maybe it was four years ago, I think. And I remember thinking, why did no one tell me I needed to go to the Twin (laughs) Twin Cities before? Like, I've been missing this. And so so then got to go, I think that year got to to go twice and been back, I think, once. And then, so I was really looking forward to going back. I just, I love the people. I love, I think it's such a beautiful city and great food and just a really fantastic vibe. And so I I thought I was really, really, like on the scale of one to 10 for looking forward to it, I thought I was at about a nine. Well, right. I need I need to turn it up to 11 because <laughs> I was just oh my gosh, I just forgot how much I love being at an expo meeting people and just you know so many people on friday which is un- unusual because friday is typically a pretty slow day at an expo right right i can't yeah. tell you the number of times that someone would say something along the lines of oh my gosh you're you and i'm like <laughs> yep i'm me yep. Uh, and uh it was people b- who are listeners of the podcast who were just like stopped in their tracks i'd be like talking about like well yeah the sweatshirt runs kind of big but you know blah blah blah, blah. and they're like oh <gasps> You're Sarah from another Mother Runner, and I'm like, mm-hmm, right, yep, here in the yep. another Mother yep. Runner booth, yep.
1: <laughs> that happened to me at, at Wineglass a couple of times too. I was like, yep, yep, <laughs>
0: uh, I sound like me. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> or when they, or I love when they look at you and like, so that's what your face looks like when you're talking. Okay. Oh, um, I haven't gotten that one. That's yeah, just uh, just kind of quizzical. I think I don't know. I think it's because probably because I la- either maybe because I laugh so much on the podcast yet I look very gruff in person or that might be yeah yeah so it's a disconnect yeah. perhaps yeah yeah so so just and I mean we had stunning weather it was just so beautiful and really great dinners oh my gosh uh, Thursday night um, ate with um, this woman Kate who was at our retreat last year and then um, Friday just kind of went back to the oh no I ate by myself I I actually went to a restaurant and found something. And then, but then um, Saturday night had a really great dinner with Karen, um, also from last year's retreat. And I love when I travel for business, I love trying to find places on Yelp. Right. I pride pride myself in my adroitness in Yelp. And um, so Karen was over at our friend Joe's house, um, kind of um, uh, pre- uh, race dinner evening and but she didn't eat all that much food so she so i was like okay i'll find a, a restaurant near joe's house so i put in her address and found this absolutely adorable gastropub called the oh. happy the happy gnome and <laughs> the um the, the decor was nothing to write home about but goodness gracious the food was so good had this um squash flatbread pizza that, um, oh, it was just really, really good. And these chicken taco, soft tacos and really great baby kale salad. And, um, yeah, it was, it was delicious. So. Well now I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was. I mean, the, the pizza was so good, and um, so what it was
1: like pizza dough and then squash. So it was like a
0: flatbread pizza, and so it had yeah it had not a ton of cheese on it, but so then had little bits of um kind of roasted butternut squash or something like that, hmm. and then a really interesting pesto that tasted more like maybe it was made with I don't know like arugula and walnuts instead right. of your t- typical basil and pine nuts um and gosh it had a couple other things oh it might have had a couple on caramelized onions on it or something mm. I, don't, I don't know what it was it was just very fresh and kind of really sp- sp- yeah but somewhat somehow kind of sprightly like it wasn't um sometimes when you eat Pizza, you can be like, oh "Okay, another piece with cheese on, another piece right, with right, cheese right. on it." Oh no, it was very um, lively and fresh tasting. Hmm. So, and it was not the ambiance in which one would think to find that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, and they pride themselves in having like this enormous beer menu. But I have to say, the sour beers could not hold a candle to the sour beers you get here in Portland. Okay. Just saying, just Bye. saying. Bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um,
1: <laughs> this is when the Southerners say, "Oh, bless their hearts." Yeah. <laughs>
0: They try. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, yes. So it was just delightful. So we are, I'm just, just going to announce it now. We'll probably announce it 50,000 other times. Dim and I decided that we are making the twin city marathon expo an annual another mother runner oh, gathering. And so we will most definitely be there at the expo next year. Hmm. So look for us. And, and dim had a shakeout run on Saturday morning while I was working at the expo and she just had a blast doing that and um so it's just it's just a really i mean minnesota is such a mother runner rich community it really
1: yeah yeah. yeah, and yeah. all the trails that are there too. Oh my little, gosh, amazing! Like, so,
0: like, I just have to go. I, I flew in Thursday and flew home Sunday, and I'm like, no, 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 I gotta leave more time so that I can run <laughs> right. more of the places that I want to. So, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, it was fantastic. So
1: yeah, I need to uh
0: make note of that on my calendar. So mm, yes, yeah. please do, oh. please do. So, and I don't know. I know that um they sometimes move it. I need to look up the date of it for next year because it like the Portland marathon sometimes will be the first weekend in oh, October right. and sometimes the second weekend in October. Mm. So, and they are always on the same day. So, um, but, um, my, my heart belongs to the twin cities marathon. I just have to say, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right, well, let's move on to the, to the bulk of the podcast. Um, so not to go too fangirl, but I know that Adrian and I are really excited for this podcast our guest is going to be Heather Armstrong, the blogger known as Deuce. But before we are joined by Heather, we're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. As I mentioned, our guest today is Heather Armstrong, the genius behind the highly successful long-running mommy blog called Deuce. She's expanded her Deuce community with the Manic Rambling Spiral podcast, which is about single parenting. The mom of two daughters, Heather is the author of the 2009 New York Times bestselling book, It Sucked and Then I Cried, How I Had a baby, a breakdown, and a much-needed margarita. A mother-runner, Heather is a veteran of numerous marathons, including Chicago, which she just ran. We're going to talk about a wide range of topics with Deuce, including her bouts of depression and being a single parent. Welcome, Heather, or should we call you Deuce? You can call me whatever you want to call
3: me. I'll answer to it all.
1: (laughs) Good, good, good. Um, I started reading your blog back when, okay, so my daughter's 14 now so she was probably five or six Um, and I had just had baby number two Um, and I just got it felt like we were living similar paths because I had gone through postpartum depression and you know was dealing with now juggling two kids Um, but my first question is what grades are your daughters in now? My older daughter,
3: she's 12, and she is in seventh grade.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And my younger daughter, who is seven, is in second, second grade. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, just FYI, I remember 12 being hard. 12, uh, 14 actually is pretty
0: great. I have to say. Oh my gosh. I would say the exact really? opposite.
1: Oh well, never Oh long. my
0: gosh. I was like, Oh, 12, love 12, hate
1: 14. Oh no. 12. I was just like, knock it off. Just get your period already. <laughs> just stop. Um, but that's me. So <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Oh my gosh. So, um, well, so before we dive into meteor topics, Tell us about your evolution as a runner. You strike me as someone who grew up as a sporty and speedy kid, Heather.
3: Sporty and speedy. Hmm. Um, I did win the presidential physical fitness award back when that was still a thing, back in like sixth and seventh grade. Played on the volleyball team in high school. and But I was never a runner, never. I didn't come into running until 2011 when I was 36 years old.
0: Uh, oh, wow. Oh, I had no idea.
3: Yeah. I have never, ever liked running or wanted to run or it's just someone asked me to do a marathon with two months to go. And I said, why not? <laughs> <laughs> when am I ever going to run the New York Marathon again? <laughs> I don't know. Of course I'll do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember reading that and thinking to myself, this seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs>
3: But whatever. Full of those
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So I know that uh, both you and I ran the Boston Marathon this year, and and that you ran with a team with a vision, helping guide a blind runner named Simon. Yes. Um. From your social media post, it looks like the heat nearly melted you onto the pavement.
3: Well, you know, I in the days leading up to it, people were everybody was like oh no have you seen the weather report what's gonna happen and i was like what is the big deal you guys it's like only gonna be like it's not a big deal <laughs> and then not realizing and i should have realized cause I've, I've been to boston many times but 70 degrees in boston is very different than 70 degrees in utah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i remember standing there at the beginning at the, at the start at the start line thinking oh no oh oh no and like by mile four it was just the sun was just beating down and I was like I'm not going to be able to finish this this is not going to happen I mean how did you fare with the heat
0: well because there's also I mean what you're alluding to I think is also that there's not an ounce of shade out there No, that that short little runty buildings (laughs) the buildings that are on the course are also all too short to cast any shade and then you know, coming from here in Portland where there's greenery everywhere, then you go out there and it's like, oh, right, the trees are bare. They don't have any leaves on them yet. <laughs> yeah. And so, oh, my gosh, it was I had run in 2012 when it was just insanely hot. It got um, got to be 90 degrees during the that year's race. Whoa. So at least this one seemed somewhat cooler. But still, it's also the no breath of air. Yeah. As. You know, it's just the air is, was so still for the first half of the race.
3: Yeah, and I was, I felt better knowing that other people were affected by it. Like, mm-hmm, a ton of people mm-hmm. that I knew who ran it were, like, 20 or 30 minutes, like, behind their normal pace. Yep. And, um, but finally, finally, like, towards, because we, we were in the, we, we didn't start until 11 a.m. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And finally at about one, a, a little bit of a breeze set in, and that's when, I, I kept putting off telling this runner who is visually impaired. I was like, you know, mile five, I'll tell him I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, I'll wait until mile six. Then I'll then I'll get up the courage to tell him I can't do it. And I kept putting it off, and then by mile eight, the breeze had set in, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll just put it off until mile ten. <laughs> So luckily that procrastination paid off. So I got to the end.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. And you, he had someone, there was some, it wasn't just you guiding him, right? It, no, there was
3: another woman there as well who she actually had to raise a lot of money in order to run the race. And uh, she, they she got paired with us.
1: So okay. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't have been yeah. like poor Simon. You'd just be kind of, hey, no. figure it out. Good luck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's that one. No, 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 that way. <laughs> I'll meet you with
1: a banana at the finish. Yeah. Exactly. Just keep going this way. Yeah. Um yeah. so you've said that your primary care doctor, therapist and psychiatrist would all like you to stop running marathons because they seem to trigger depression for you. Um can you tell me a little bit about that given that I'm about to run a marathon and also have had to be hospitalized for depression. Uh how do you keep from falling into the pits of despair after a really 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 long run?
3: Well, I I, I trained properly for the Boston. And the first marathon that I had run was in 2011 the New York City Marathon and destroyed my body doing it because I didn't train and had never run that kind of distance before broke my foot at mile 22 and finished oh my Lord. and like it took months and months to heal so I decided that since I was running for someone else in Boston that I really needed to do the training correctly but the problem is is that I am a full-time single parent So I really didn't get any rest ever. Right. Right. I would come home from a long run and then I had to be on for my kids. And the training is relentless. I mean, it's, you know, you're running every day and then on the weekends you're you're dedicating three and four hours to these runs. And I was fine until I hit like ten miles and then fifteen miles and then twenty miles. Those long runs, I would come home and I would just be like emotionally devastating. Yeah. yeah and yeah. um I think part of it too is I had changed my diet to I was a vegan during the whole thing and I got really depleted in terms of my vitamin d levels um, oh, Interesting. Yeah, I, went, I after the marathon was over and, and the depression really, really sunk in, I went to the doctor and had blood work done. And they were like, your blood work is amazing. Like, <laughs> your
1: cholesterol.
3: I'm like, yeah, I'm a vegan. And they're like, yeah, your cholesterol is great. Everything's great. And I was like, please go back and check again. It's like something mm. is wrong with me. And they came back and said, we have never, really, ever seen vitamin D levels this low in someone. Oh, wow. So um, they put me on a whopping dose and... They were like, you know, go for it. But my therapist and my, they were just like, don't do this again. Don't do it again because it's been. It took. I mean, I'm still sort of coming. I'm still coming out of it, even though I did run the Chicago. I was marathon. about to say, so you have all these
1: people saying, don't do this.
0: I know, because to- last time we emailed, you were uh, like, it sounded like you were definitely oh, not no. running Chicago.
1: Well, I sent a picture to you, Sarah, just a few minutes oh. ago. Uh, I was following you on Instagram. and uh,
3: Yeah, it's like, you're doing what now? Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't. That's the thing. I, I packed my bags. I did not pack. I, I did not pack my running shoes. Oh my gosh! I didn't pack like I did not. I went to Chicago thinking that I was going to there to like be on the sidelines, and I got there and everybody's like, Oh, you know, why don't you just see how far you can go? And
0: oh my gosh! (laughs) Well, what was the longest run you'd done before that?
3: The longest run that I have done since April is four miles.
0: Stop.
1: Yes. So, how are you feeling today? (laughs) I know.
3: Honestly, there's got to be some sort of I called it a, a marathon muscle memory, because wow. I took it really slowly. I did. I actually ran the back half of the race faster than I ran the first half of the race. Um, oh my gosh,
0: you negative split it! Oh my gosh, and
3: wow. it was like some. I knew about the pain. I knew when to hydrate. I knew when to eat. It was a perfect day for a run, mm-hmm. and I, my body was just like, yeah, it's going to be really painful, but hmm, you know, and I did it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow wow and uh and like no like your hips not screaming at you your feet don't aren't killing uh, you. i'm a little
3: swollen but i always swell after long runs um oh. yeah i'm remarkably in one piece remarkably um and because i didn't do all of the training like the constant 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 I'm not as depressed as I was normally. <laughs> I mean, there's been a little bit of crying in the last couple of days, but that's just, I think, purely exhaustion. Because
0: <laughs> I totally thought, when you emailed, and and you know some of what I read on social media, I thought maybe there was like this whole theory that I hadn't heard about that somehow long distance running could cause depression. And it's something I've like mulled over on my long runs. And like, I'm like, oh, this is an intriguing topic. I need to like delve into it. So that's, you don't think that's the case or? I,
3: I think it's the depletion. It was, mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. being so depleted for such a long, for, for five months right, and mm-hmm. not being able to ever really catch up. And mm. that just took, a, and mind you. I don't, some people are just really, really naturally can run really fast and can run really, really long distances. And it's not easy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, hasn't ever been easy. I mean, it's taken me what is it at five years now to really get into a running routine that doesn't make me want to stab myself. <laughs>
0: Yeah yeah yeah, you say it's not easy, yet you ran a marathon. You ran twenty six point two after, you know, only having run four miles is your longest yeah. run since April. Yeah. So you're talking about both sides of your mouth. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so but you um you alluded so you said you used to be vegan and
3: Yeah, I've had to readjust. Um I yeah, I, I'm it's, it's complicated because I'm vegan for health and ethical reasons. And, Mm -hmm. but I think like animal protein is better in terms of how I feel about inside my own skin. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's better in terms of how I work out. And so I, I, I add a little bit of it back into my diet. Right. Mm
1: -hmm. Right.
0: Hmm. I'm also amazed that vitamin D, I mean, I live here in the Pacific Northwest and, my OBGYN last time I saw her she was like, "So you take vitamin D right?" And I'm like, no." She's like, mm, I've d- ever, she said that every person, every patient she's ever done a test on. Um, except for one, has come back as vitamin D deficient, and the one that came back who wasn't is a person who spends half the year in Palm Springs and <laughs> half and half the year in Portland, uh, which is a real rough life. And um, but so I'm surprised that you know you living at high altitude and you know an exceptionally sunny place um were, were vitamin d deficient. Yeah,
3: I I wrote a little bit about it and people who were vitamin d deficient just came out of the woodwork and were like, "Oh yeah, okay. and it caused it caused this type of problem and this type of problem and this type of like it, it was responsible for my depression, it was responsible for total total lack of energy. Like mm. like mm-hmm. not being able to to like clean my house. Mm-hmm. Like being physically unable to. And um they gave me a dose. Like I had I had vitamin D in my in my medicine cabinet and I, I don't I don't know the exact what the measurement is, but it was like a thousand, whatever. Yeah, it's a thousand, right. yeah, 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 yeah. They put me on a I dosage use. of fifty thousand. <laughs> oh <my>
1: <laughs> yeah. Did they just say take fifty of these one thousand?
3: <laughs> take a bottle every <laughs> you need day. Then you need to take fifty twice a week and then we right. come back in eight weeks and we will see you and uh did they also make them, it
1: did you also have to lay under a sun lamp? And
3: uh... <laughs> well, I have skin cancer as
1: well. Oh, good. So that's why. I... <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my goodness.
0: Yeah, and I and I I also do want to sh- give the shout out that all of a, us laughing over vitamin D deficiency, skin cancer, and depression. You know, it's not. Oh, we, do, yeah. we do not take those situations lightly. So I yeah. don't want people to be. Oh no! It, to, it, to our laughter. My
3: you know? my take is always just like I have to be able to laugh about it. You know, in order to right. deal with the ramifications of it all. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd
1: just always be under your desk sobbing. So. You yeah. know. <laughs>
3: That is where I do cry sometimes. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice under there.
1: <laughs> and if you pull the chair in, nobody knows you're there. So, yeah. Um. Um, so you've been open and honest about your mental health on the blog, on social media, um, and in your book. What has the response to that been like?
3: Well, the, the overwhelming response. Um, I mean, that's sort of what is responsible for the success of my career was me being open about that. Um, when I checked myself into the hospital for postpartum depression in 2004, that's when my blog took off. Mm-hmm. And so many people were needed to hear from someone that it was okay to, to it was normal to have experienced something like that. And this huge group of women and it was part of what sparked the whole mommy blogging movement was that people were finding voices like their own and stories like their own. And this huge, wonderful, supportive community sprouted up and people started blogging and joining communities. And the the, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. You know, thank you for talking about this and, and putting a face to it. I mean, especially in 2016, talking about mental health is very different than yeah. talking about it in the early 2000s. Yeah.
1: I was also going to ask, um, so I also wrote a book about postpartum depression, a memoir about it, um, and my kids are now old enough to have read it, mm-hmm. um, and in my case, my oldest was able to check the memoir out of her school library, which was, you know, a little oh, weird. Wow. Yeah, it was weird. Um, and her friends have read it, too. It has um, Lita been able to read it yet, or are you... No, she,
3: no, she hasn't read that part of it yet. And I'm, I'm sure that there will, there will come a very, a time very soon when, when we'll have a discussion about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, she, I wrote a, a, a different book. I used to write her monthly right. newsletters. Right. Um, and then when I had a second kid, <laughs> <and> I, just, <laughs> I was like, I can't keep that up. Um, but I compiled the five years that I did it. I compiled all of that into a book. And made it a little more kid-friendly than what my normal writing is. Mm-hmm. And she's read that book. Oh, interesting. And I don't really talk about too much about my postpartum in that book. But she knows about, I mean, because depression runs in my family. Mm-hmm. And a lot of her cousins suffer from it. And she has a, a little bit of ang- She suffers from anxiety. And we are very open about mental health in our family. It's a very open topic.
0: Right. Hmm. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So let's switch to the other topic that we brought you on to talk about, which is single parenting. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you, you've been divorced for almost four years, which I probably don't need to remind you of. And, um, and I, your ex-husband, he lives on the other side of the country, right?
3: Yeah. He moved to New York in 2014. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So, so for you, what's the toughest juggling you do in your life?
1: And all of it is not an answer. <laughs> no, I, you know,
3: I have a full time job, and I, um, I have a, a babysitter who picks up my kids from school and is and can stay until five thirty. So I have to mm-hmm. be done by five thirty, and then both of my kids are now on piano, and they have homework, and there's therapy during the week, and. The toughest thing for me is the constant day in and day out of the nighttime routine, the mm-hmm. morning routine, mm-hmm. the after school routine. It's all me.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's mm-hmm. never, I can't ever, whenever I'm sick, whenever I'm injured, whenever I'm just in, not in a good place, I can't ever turn to anybody and say, Can you take care of it tonight? It's mm-hmm. always me. And <clears throat> trying to, the, the hardest thing for me to juggle is, reminding myself to have that smile on my face and to be really excited when my kid tells me a story about her day and it makes no sense. You know? <laughs> like it's tr- like trying to like track that conversation and, and be really excited and to have that smile on my face and try to give them that attention is sometimes mm-hmm. really hard because I am juggling. I'm trying to keep everything straight in my head mm-hmm. so that it all doesn't fall apart. And I really have to be very, very, very focused about, okay, I need to give my children the the mom that they deserve, even though I am stretched so thin that I'm going to snap. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. for me. I mean, and I, I'll, I'll even admit, like I've been, I went and saw my kid's therapist at one point because yeah, being 12, um, is, is an an interesting stage for girls. I think it is. Yeah. And, um, there was a lot of expectation from my daughter about me being available, like a lot of uh, other mothers are. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, I, I can't volunteer as much as other mothers can, um, or other fathers even, or other parents, I guess I should say, because this isn't just a single mom issue. Right. I think it's, you know, and she she was resenting the fact that I couldn't be as that that well the other mothers were at school for this, or the other mothers did this. And I was trying to explain to her, well, I also have your sister and Or and I also have this job, and I'm also like I'm juggling sixteen million things. Mm-hmm. And um I, I went to her therapist to talk about it, and he said, yeah, he said, the problem is is that, you don't have that person there to turn to her and say, you know, your mom is doing the best that she can. Right. And, um, and that's where we have to come in and and explain to her, you know, it's a tough thing for a 12 year old to have to carry, but listen, your mom is doing the best that she can with what she's got. Right.
1: Um, and just FYI, pretty soon, if you do show up at the school, uh, she will be mortified. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's true. Especially if you show up. At just the, a passing fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Really, all you need to do is show up in kind of pajama pants one day, and that, yeah, you'll never be asked <laughs> back. So, yeah,
3: she's starting yeah. to show that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. running out. The, she, she started middle school this year. Right. It's a different beast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she loves it. Like, yeah. She, she loves the freedom of it and the, the change and, um, the, you know, she's got a lot more responsibility and it makes her feel more important. And I'm like, yay. Yeah. Good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. My daughter's now a freshman in high school and that was a huge change too, but she's now like, see you later. Bye. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that was fun.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I, I, uh, my older daughter who's a freshman in high school was homesick um the first two days of this week and it was a gorgeous day here and so i was I walked to walk to the bank to deposit some checks and so it my walk took me, took me right past her high school and i was like oh Yeah, you know, I'm gonna walk past Grant when I go to to Wells Fargo. And I'm like, yeah, I think I'll stop and say hi to some of your teachers. She's like, what? What? (laughs) I'm like, okay, I'm totally just messing with you. Come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my um, usual running route takes me up to the high school track. So I'll frequently be leaving as she's walking to school. Um, And she gives me every morning now I get this little half-hearted high five kind of off to her hip. Like, it's just kind of like, oh, my hand just happened to fall out like this. If you want to give me a high five, mother. Sweaty as you're huffing and puffing your way back home. so. Um, So do you have any pieces of advice to give single moms who are really just trying to keep their shit together while striving to get in a few runs a week or get to the gym or try and train for something?
3: Yeah. You know, that's, that was the the hardest part about training for Boston was that I had to do my long runs usually on a weekday. Mm -hmm. Um, or, or I'd have to pay somebody to come watch my kids on the weekend. And, um, I think my, my biggest piece of advice is again, is just trying to, um, it's, it's okay to take some time for yourself you know, um, I, I, I thought that the running was taking time for myself, but then as I got more and more depressed as I was doing it, I realized, (laughs) you know, it's okay to ask for somebody to come over, you know, and, and even go see a movie by myself.
1: Mm -hmm,
3: mm -hmm. Um, just having a little bit of like regrouping time is so important just to, for the sake of the sanity for you and your children. Mm -hmm. So.
1: Right. Right. I have, um, kind of a a me question that may be of interest to other people, but it's mostly a me question. Um, I'm running New York city at the beginning of November. Um, Do you, I know you've run that race and that it wasn't the world's most positive experience for you, but do you have any (laughs) advice other than don't break your foot at mile 22?
3: (laughs) It was, it was actually, I think if you've trained like New York is one of the best marathons in the world and, um, the energy in Brooklyn, especially right. is just so amazing. And, um, <laughs> I have really, really great memories of that race now that I have distance from it, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they always, um, is it how many
1: marathons have you run? None. This will this be is my first. going to be her first. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, I'm running her first. first. Okay. I'm also running for every mother counts. So um so they, they
3: there's all this advice about what to do it for marathons and one of it is to like put your name somewhere on your body right. maybe on right. your um and so that's it, it there's varying um i have two theories one that you should and one that you shouldn't
1: <laughs> right yeah see my name most people mispronounce it anyway so i don't know how much help it is to have it on my I what won't did, recognize what they it. Say? i'm sorry what do they usually say? Um, I usually get Andrea. Ah, uh, oh,
0: really? Yeah.
1: Oh, I oh, get gosh. that all yeah, the time. I would
0: think it was, I would think you'd feel like you know Rocky Balboa is behind you the whole time. You know, Adrian, yeah. Yeah. Adrian. Yeah, because I've never heard that
1: before, <laughs> heard that. ever. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it's wow. great. It's. It, but up in, in the Northeast, it always gets turned into Andrea Martin. Um, uh,
0: and when we lived, you're, in the- you're a. Yeah. You're, you're an NBC correspondent or something, right? You're a white house. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: But when we (laughs) lived in Texas, I was always Adriana Martinez whenever it was wrong. So, yeah.
3: So this is the thing about New York. People will yell yell your name the entire way. And it's, it's amazing. It's so amazing. Like go Heather, go Adrian. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. And high-fiving. And I was in so much pain by the time you, and you go through a really, really very, very lonely place in the Bronx at about mile 20 or so. And then you enter the craziest, like you, when you enter the park, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of crazy people just screaming. <laughs> I mean, they, the, the, the crowds along the park are just like a hundred people thick right and everybody is screaming at you like you can do it you can do it well at that point I was in so much pain I wanted to punch every single person <laughs> in the face I was like shut up you come out here and you do it and at one point someone was like go Heather go and I turned to her and I was like you don't know me <laughs>
0: Nice, nice. I was like why are
3: you calling you don't know who I am <laughs> but it's right there but- on your chest <laughs> but and this is the craziest thing is that so I ran on Sunday in Chicago having not trained slower than I've ever run a marathon before and I wish that I had put my name on my shirt right. because I was feeling so great at the end that I was cheering everybody on and high-fiving everybody and it was such you're gonna love New York it is a phenomenal
1: experience.
0: I hope so I hope so right now I'm just yeah. still in
1: that panicky oh my god why am I doing this
0: phase so No, I don't. Yeah. I also have to say that I think it's, I think the yelling out names things is somewhat regional because I um, have, um, Champy is my athletic nickname. And so I have made the mistake of putting Champy on my bib instead of Sarah. And, uh, like people in Canada just will not yell out "Champy," And, um, <laughs> so, um, and um, yeah. So like, I mean, so Sarah, that's a, you know, good vanilla name to yell out and, and also get a lot of other, you know, I'm often around other runners names, Sarah. So even when I'm not wearing my name, I'll hear right. at random, you know, go Sarah. I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I do find it's regional, you know, um, I, I think sometimes people are more subdued like people definitely I've worn the badass mother runner tank. When I wear that in Boston, people love it. And when I, when I wore it in Victoria, like no one said anything yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: Well, that's because yeah. us Northeasterners, we, uh, we like a good
0: swear. So yeah. 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 Or two yeah. or 12. Yeah. yeah. Um, so any more like, um, moments of clarity or realization or advice about single parenting that, that you've, you
3: know, I, I have never been closer to my kids in, in the entirety of my stint as a mother. (laughs) (laughs) What's Mm -hmm. what's so interesting to me is that I was all, you know, I've always been, you know, recognized as the mommy blogger and Mm -hmm. I have stepped quite a bit away from writing on my website or even writing about my kids in the last year and a half and I identify now more as a mother and I'm closer to my kids now than I've ever been. Um, mm. this being a single parent and the day in and day out of it. Like I am their rock. I am, I give them their stability and their routine and I wouldn't change it for the world. I really wouldn't. That's great. I'm, and I'm, I'm you know, as hard as it is. I really
0: wouldn't change it. Right. Well, I think that's an awesome note to end on. So, um, thanks Heather. And, oh. and, um, yeah, it was awesome talking to you. And, and if people also want more of hearing about being a single parent, they can certainly listen to your podcast, The Manic Rambling Show <laughs> on Acast. Let's give a plug for Acast. <laughs> Woo-woo! Manic <laughs> Rambling Spiral. Yes, yes, and I was about to say, and also All a plug spirals. for Manic so, Rambling. Yeah. I, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All righty. Thanks a lot, Heather. Thank you, guys.
1: So while we were recording that, my kids came home, and my daughter just texted me, uh, "Hey mom, what's for dinner?" So.
0: <laughs> and that's Apparently, all the communication I'm... you'll get out of her for the day. Thank you very Probably. much. Probably, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I'm needed just as long as I know where the stove is. So.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, um, I mean, I think Heather's honesty it is it is most certainly her. The key to her success, I'd oh, say. It
1: is. and sense of humor too. Yeah, and being yeah. able to laugh at really not funny things. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also, I really wish I could write as well as she does. Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So, all right, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop envying on her. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, let's see what's up in the train like a mother club. I know Dimity adored meeting so many Tlam Club members recently, both at our retreat and last weekend at the Twin Cities Marathon Expo.
2: Hello, hello, it's Dimity here in Denver off the Twin Cities weekend where Sarah and I got to meet so many amazing women and I got to run 10 miles uh, for a PR, which was awesome for me. And I have to say before I dive into the train like a mother club corner, if you want a fast, rewarding race, 10 miles, and specifically the Twin Cities 10 miler Oh, my gosh. That race is just unbelievable. I mean, I know the marathon is great, too, but you have to go 16.2 more miles. So so anyway, so a 10-miler, there's something about it. You know, as soon as you hit double digits, you're done. So if you're a little frustrated with your running or, like, not feeling up for a half marathon but want a little bit more challenge than a 10K – Scope out a 10-miler. It is just delicious. And um, the Twin Cities 10-miler, you know, had a lot of downhills. I think it had, like, 300 feet total of climbing. I mean, not very much. Very gentle climbs. Just one or two hills that were, like, oh, really? But nothing bad, especially coming from Colorado. So, anyway, that's my plug for a 10-mile race. And here's my plug for the Train Like a Mother Club. Um, Actually, this one is coming from... The Saucony Stride into the School Year Program. We do these stride programs, which are five weeks long. Um, you get with no race at the end. You get a PDF of the workouts. You get the swag bag, and you get um, uh, a Facebook page. And that's the fun part, of course, is the Facebook page because everybody interacts. And um, and we are coming up. This this has one more week left in it, and then. We are going to be doing the Stride into the Holidays, which was a great um, success last year. That's um, a fundraiser for um, a fundraiser or a fundraiser for Heartstrides, the nonprofit that we partner with. Um, So that's going to be in mid-November, registration opening in early November. So look for those announcements soon. Um, Long way of getting to the post, which... Actually, it's more of a visual post, so probably pretty anticlimactic, but it's a woman named Amy Shrek who um, put up a video of whale watching. She was uh, in Boston, and this picture, I mean, amazing, the whales. She, the boat was so close to them. She writes, um, Today was a rest day for me because of our vacation schedule. We went on a whale watching tour in Boston. Thank goodness my parents were along and had a strong stomach, that's my dad, and were smart enough to take Dramamine, that's my mom, because my husband, my son, and I all got seasick. Nothing like tossing your cookies in a bag f- in front of a boat of strangers. At least we got to see some whales. Because you all read that, it seems fair that you can see the short video I took. I think I may use tomorrow as a rest day to recover." So, um, so it's just funny because the video is awesome. Like the whales are super close, like Amy says, but just the rocking of the video itself, I gotta say like sitting at my desk, I got a little like, okay, turn that off. So anyway, that's the train like a mother club corner and we will see you next week.
0: All right. Well, there, there's a, there's a lot of social media in the air right now having had Deuce on, So, so let's talk about Twitter. I am about a hundred followers away from hitting the magical 10,000 mark. Um, So please listeners help me get there by following me on Twitter. I'm at SBS on the run. And while you're there, please also follow at the mother runner and at dimity on the run and at martini made, right? Um, Uh, It's martini made. Yep. Yep. Uh, We appreciate the support and love tweeting with podcast listeners. Many happy miles to you.